Support for On Something comes from the Rodman Law Group, a Denver-based law firm with a global reach. The Rodman Law Group specializes in FDA compliance, civil litigation, criminal defense, and the cannabinoid industry. Learn more today at therodmanlawgroup.com. From Colorado Public Radio and PRX, this is On Something. Swallow it. Mm. Swallow it. Mm -mm. Swallow it. This is Heath. He's 32 years old. He lives in Denver. And he's trying right now to negotiate with his dog, Rudy, to get him to take his daily medication. My name is Heath Irwin. I am Anne's partner. And I... You're an Aquarius. Yeah, I am an Aquarius. What does that mean? Um... We live together here in Denver. And he's pretty much the only person that I'm going to see in the flesh, up close, for the unforeseeable near future of this pandemic. He's my main man, my guy, my person. A few weeks ago, Heath had just a regular old cold. But he also has severe asthma. So for weeks after he recovered, he just had this cough hanging around. And in the past, he's used an inhaler for this. Sometimes if the cough gets really bad, he needs a second emergency medication. On the second day that we were stuck at home together, we started talking about refilling all of our prescriptions. And I said he should refill both of those medications. He didn't think they were both necessary. You were basically thinking of every little thing that could possibly go wrong if I didn't fill the second medication. We started to have an argument over this, but it was less and less like one of our normal arguments. I started to get frantic and frustrated that he wasn't concerned about all the worst case scenarios like I was. You were kind of panicked um, over this. You didn't want us to get into a situation where I would have to go to the ER because the hospitals were, were already starting to get overwhelmed. My mindset at the time was, Oh my God, we have to prepare for the absolute worst. Heath would start coughing all night. That was a sign that it was really bad. And then we'd have to go to the ER for emergency asthma care, something we've had to do before, I might add. Or even worse, he would get the virus. Or maybe he already had it. And maybe now we both had it. I even started saying stuff to him like, if you get sick, I can't come with you, and I might never see you again. All of this over an inhaler. At some point, I started crying. But nonetheless, we continued to have this argument, even while I was trying to get dressed and get ready to work from home that day. And who was escalating it every step of the way? Me, baby. I was full spiral. I was throwing factoids from the news at him while he was standing there just confused about how things had escalated so quickly. I was being really aggressively concerned at him. You were basically crying in a bathrobe and it was just a cascade of catastrophic events that might occur if I don't get this medicine. It's been a few weeks since that argument and... It's important to say that absolutely none of the things that I was worried about happened. 
Heath is over his cough. We never had to go to the ER. He never got his medication anyways, but that doesn't matter. We're fine. But that day, the day of the argument, I felt completely out of control. I had a panic attack. I hadn't had one in years. Actually, for a long time, I could count the whole two I had had in my lifetime. I have struggled with anxiety my whole adult life, but rarely did I ever get to that point. I was so shaken up, I ended up calling into work sick that day. Since the beginning of this pandemic, I have started to have more frequent panic attacks. My anxiety feels harder to manage than ever. My mind starts to enter that feedback loop. Bad things could happen, and I need to do everything I can to counter those bad things, which, as it turns out, is impossible, and so on and so on, until eventually I'm just scrolling Twitter dead-eyed on the couch. I have to admit that lately, weed has helped snap me out of it. I think cannabis tends to get you out of that brain short circuit, that loop of everything's terrible, I can't control anything. Cannabis kind of slingshots you out of that loop. Weed relaxes me. It reminds me to eat and rest. It helps me sleep. Anyone else out there having a hell of a time sleeping lately? Anyway, now seems like as good a time as any to talk about weed and anxiety. This is On Something, stories about life after legalization. I'm Anne-Marie Awad. We had not planned on making an episode right now. In fact, this whole COVID crisis throws a lot of things into question for us, as I'm sure it does for pretty much everyone right now. But we're here, and we're here to get personal. I hate talking about my mental health for the record, and I most certainly never in my wildest dreams planned on making an episode of this show all about it. But then this pandemic happened. And then the panic attacks started happening. And I thought, maybe I really need to talk about how I'm feeling. And maybe a bunch of other people feel this way and need to talk about it, too. Now, while all of this is happening. The fact that pot is relaxing too many people is generally just part of its reputation, right? Maybe you have a friend who uses it to wind down at the end of the day. Maybe you heard it from a friend of a friend. Or now, me. How do you describe your, your show again, um, your podcast? Um, what's the language you use for the... Um, life after whatever the hell this is. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> life, life after legalization. Yeah. This is Sarah Peace. <sighs> yes, that's her real name. She's a therapist with a private practice in Seattle. A big part of Sarah's approach is harm reduction. It's a method of working with people to reduce harmful drug use rather than abstaining from all drug use altogether. If my actual therapist is out there listening, I swear it's not what it sounds like. I'll admit, Sarah's the first therapist I've ever interviewed, and while it did bring me some peace, <laughs> I figured her clients probably have some of the same concerns that I do. And that's why I called her. She's in Seattle, a place that was an early coronavirus hotspot, which also happens to be a legal state. How is she counseling her patients on their weed use during this time? I offered up some of the questions that I have about my own use, for starters. Like, I wonder, oh, am I self-medicating? 
And then I sit mm-hmm. and I think about like, what does self-medicating mean? Like, is that a bad mm-hmm. thing? I mean, I, I take mm-hmm. like an anxiety medication every day. Am I not doing what I'm supposed to? If you take away the judgment of self-medication, it's like this amazing thing. It's like, oh, you're taking care of yourself the best way you know how. Awesome. Also, what harm is that causing you? Is that okay with you? Um, How are the folks around you doing? Are they doing well? How's your relationships? Like kind of looking that way, just every choice has a gain and a loss. There are legitimate reasons to feel worried about becoming dependent on weed. But Sarah says it's also important to consider that some of the feelings that we have around regular marijuana use are feelings that are worth unpacking. I don't know about you, but I grew up with all of the stigma around cannabis, right? And now that it's kind of more in the in the daylight, it's like, oh, it's medicine. Oh, it's recreational. Great. Okay. But I, I think that like that fear of, is this okay? Like, I think some of that comes from sort of the legal and um, societal framework um, from before. Remember, Washington is a legal state. Sarah's got more than a few clients that discuss marijuana as a tool to manage anxiety. Anxiety is like, by the way, you have no control over everything. Like, feel free to be paralyzed. And then sometimes what is helpful in healing is like, okay, I'm not paralyzed. I am here and I have choice right now over this thing. I am going to smoke a bowl right now (laughs) and change my state of mind. To be crystal, crystal clear, neither I nor On Something nor Colorado Public Radio are trying to advocate for weed use in any way here. But these fears, these questions, they come up any time we discuss marijuana in relation to any medical condition on this show. I'll get to more about the actual scientific answers a little later on. But I just want to reiterate that my own personal experience is not the same thing as a clinical trial or a conversation with your therapist or doctor. Sarah says it's most certainly not for everyone. There are some folks who navigate addiction, which is, I think, just leaning too heavily on it. But mostly people get a lot of benefit from it um, and want to use it sort of mindfully or respectfully. And so I encourage sort of that tracking and that. Yeah, that mindfulness of like, when are you taking it? How much are you taking? How does it impact you? How does it alleviate your symptoms of anxiety? You know, is there any sort of cost to it later? Costs like? When was the last time I went to sleep without cannabis? Okay, it's been three years. Maybe I need to see if there's something else I can be doing because my intake keeps going up. Basically, you have to keep asking yourself, is this putting a Band-Aid on something I should be managing differently? Is this keeping me from doing things and showing up for things that are important in my life? Is this actually having negative effects on my mental health? It's a lot of checking in with yourself and how you feel, as opposed to using weed to escape how you feel. If you were my client, if we were working together, I would explore with you about that, you know, what makes you question yourself. What are the benefits? And also, are there things that you aren't okay with, right? Is it okay with you that you're, you're um, smoking weed and that it helps you? Um, do you have any sort of old ideas about that? Or are, is it that you actually are worried about yourself? And if so, right. like, you know, can you kind of 
move forward with using it in a way that doesn't feel like, oh, my God, I hope I'm not doing wrong to myself. When I talked to Sarah recently, she had just transitioned her whole practice online. Remember, she's in Seattle, where the virus hit early and hard. She was under a stay-at-home order before I was. I'm, I'm now through my first full week of online or video sessions or phone sessions, and it's, it's gone way better than um, I could have imagined. Do you feel mm-hmm. like people are relieved to have that option? Yeah. It feels really good to be able to support others during this time of uncertainty. Right? That's the, yeah. the other thing. It's like, I don't know much about anything, but I do know that this feels good. I don't know much about anything, but I do know that this feels good. That has really stuck with me. It's okay to not know everything, but it's good to know what helps. After a quick break, we will delve into the science of weed's complex relationship with anxiety. Hey, if you've reached this point in the episode and all this talk about coping mechanisms has you feeling like maybe we're talking directly to you, well, we are. On Something is a show for personal stories about life after legalization, which means if you are using a quasi-legal or mm, illegal substance of any kind to address your mental health needs right now, I want to hear from you. Call 720-420-6587 and leave us a voicemail. We have that number for you in the show notes as well. Tell me, what are you using? Why? And how does it help you? You may hear your voice in a future episode of On Something, and don't worry, we're not going to use your name. Hey, it's Anne. I just want to take a moment to say thank you. Listeners like you make On Something possible. Hundreds of thousands of people have listened to our podcast since it launched back in 2019. You've been there with us while we've explored everything from CBD to cooking with cannabis to social equity across the entire industry. It is really humbling and I am so grateful. The reporting, the stories told, and the issues explored, you made all of that possible. And if you feel like helping our show, head to onsomething.org and contribute if you can. Once again, thank you so much. Understandably, some of you out there are eagerly awaiting the science. And the science, as usual, does not have a straightforward answer for you. Before we get to the weed, we have to talk about the anxiety. I have what's called generalized anxiety disorder. I like to tell people I'm anxious about everything, generally. But that's pretty much what it is. Persistent, unrealistic stress and worry about everyday problems. Although I would say a pandemic is not everyday, but anyways. There's many kinds of anxiety disorders, but this is what I am working with. Anxiety disorders are also super common. About one in five adults has one. It means that the fear center of the brain, the amygdala, is hyperactive. Researchers believe that people with anxiety disorders might be low on a neurotransmitter called GABA. Without enough of it, people like me have a hard time processing stress and panic. What does that look like on the outside? 
Well, I become productivity obsessed. I skip meals. I forget to drink enough water. The way I characterize it is that my brain just outpaces my body by about a million. Work-life balance, school-life balance, these have all been really difficult things for me to manage. Apparently, it's because I'm short on GABA. When GABA attaches to the right kind of receptor in your brain, it decreases activity in the nervous system. It produces a calming effect, which leads me to the weed. The two ingredients in marijuana that we talk about the most, THC and CBD, can both affect the level of GABA in the brain. A 2017 University of Washington study found that THC in some people relieves anxiety at low doses. But at high doses, it can cause anxiety in some people. CBD, however, was found to relieve anxiety no matter the dose. And as we've mentioned on this show before, CBD is shown to moderate the effects of THC. You can learn more about this by listening to our CBD episode. The research on this that is available is also really limited because, once again, cannabis is still federally illegal, which, you know, tends to limit research. It feels like a boom time for anxiety. Misfortune and mental health struggles often go hand in hand which is probably why it's also a boom time for legal weed. Many states are seeing record sales, despite the economic downturn of the last month. Maybe you're like me, and you are no stranger to this whole anxiety thing. Maybe every day still feels a little bit like, oh man, can't wait to see how the world's going to hell today. And something like weed offers this small escape. Maybe the world's not going to hell. Maybe things will be okay. I was more or less a daily user before all of this began, and that hasn't really changed. In fact, Heath and I are preparing to try to make our own edibles, you know, to cut out the smoking. What has changed is that I am not as hard on myself about it. I was never too keen on admitting to or even talking about my marijuana use on this podcast, not at first. What's the point, right? Who listens to this thing to hear about me smoking weed? What is my family going to think? What are my bosses going to think, right? I'm just going to be this big stony stoner in everyone's eyes and no one's going to take me seriously anymore. And I realize that I'm doing the thing. I'm spiraling out of control over things that I don't have control over in the first place. I feel very fortunate to be cooped up with you. I do. I'm not just saying that because we're on tape. Thank you. You do, though. I think you've, I think like your perverse ability to remain calm during all this (laughs) has been kind of a blessing. Yeah. By now, Heath is very familiar with this cycle. And he can back me up on this. Smoking weed is also not the only way that I am trying to cope with my anxiety right now. Why aren't you starting a sourdough starter? (laughs) Why aren't you taking up a crisis craft? Maybe you are new to this whole anxiety experience. Welcome. Welcome. Maybe weed's not the thing for you. Maybe it's meditation. Maybe it's running. Or maybe it's something else. Now would be a great time to figure out what it is that calms you. Because we are all going to need it. Every day is feeling harder. Everybody's making sourdough starter. That was actually a pretty good one. 
a better rhyme earlier and I forgot that was, it. That was one of your better ones. I thought of one earlier and I was I wanted to tell you about it, but I was on a call. On Something is, as always, but especially now, a labor of love, reported and written by me, Anne-Marie Awad. This episode was produced by Mark Pagan. Our editor is Curtis Fox. Music by Brad Turner and Daniel Mesher. Additional music by Blue Dot Sessions. Our executive producers are Rachel Estabrook and Kevin Dale. On Something is made possible by lots of talented people like Francie Swidler, Kim Wynn, Dave Burdick, Allison Borden, Matt Herz, Iris Gottlieb, Kendall Smith, and Jody Gersh. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. This podcast is also made possible by Colorado Public Radio members. Learn about supporting Colorado Public Radio at CPR.org. Oh, by the way, On Something will be back soon. I promise. Maybe not next week or the week after, but soon, I swear. Support for On Something comes from the Rodman Law Group, a Denver-based law firm with a global reach. The Rodman Law Group specializes in FDA compliance, civil litigation, criminal defense, and the cannabinoid industry. Learn more today at the Rodman Law Group dot com.